It's the Sean Pittman Show, where we talk about politics, sports, entertainment, and business. Here is your host, Sean Pittman. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Sean Pittman Show. Uh, lots to talk about in this, uh, the beginning of this new year. Uh, I know y'all want to talk about politics. We'll get to some of that. Uh, only thing I want to mention now is, you know, we've got some very special people from Tallahassee and in Florida that are a big part of Joe Biden's administration. I want to congratulate uh, Vince Evans, who was a guest on this show not long ago for his uh, position in the White House. Um, Karen Andre, a well-known uh, name in Democratic politics uh, in Florida and, and uh, across the country. And uh, our own Ashley Williams, uh, who uh, is uh, who grew up, grew up here in Tallahassee. And uh, she's actually over the over office, y'all. So, <laughs> so uh, I might actually get that tour one day now uh, just to know that we have good friends in high places and y'all i know there was a lot that happened this week we'll get to that in the pitman point but i i don't want to forget that man we got through college football almost just finish up bowl games um had some good ones the playoff games a little bit of uh, a couple blowouts but but uh strong teams and, uh, you know, I was down at the Orange Bowl game, and uh, that probably was the best bowl game of the season. Uh, Texas A&M showing that that uh, they are what they say they are in beating University of North Carolina pretty well uh, in the end. So we'll get into some of that with our guest, uh, Mr. Joey Galloway, who, if you are a big ESPN fan, you know he is a big, big star there. We look forward to him every single week of football season, giving us his top four and top six teams because uh, he's an analyst. So that means he he analyzes all of that that makes up college football, the players, the game, where they're playing, uh, who's hurt, uh, and, um, and the history of the teams, the coaches, uh, not just the head coach, but the ability for uh, an offensive uh, coach or a defensive coordinator to switch up after halftime. I'd love to hear him talk about those kind of things. So, Joey Galloway is here when we get back. Stay with us. Uh, Happy New Year on the Sean Pittman Show. You're listening to the Sean Pittman Show. Good morning, good morning. Welcome back to the show. And man, uh, lots going on this week, but we got to skip all that for the other thing that we talked about early and that is the national championship game football is on our minds uh and it's a wonder that we made it through COVID 19 for the very very last game of the year and that's the national championship between alabama and ohio state a big big game i wanted to welcome a name you know so i don't have to really introduce him though we'll talk about his accolades sometime later in the show but joey galloway uh the big espn analyst and uh, one of the smart guys actually uh because not all of them well should, can i say that not all of them are smart but this guy is really smart so hey joey man welcome to the sean pittman show i appreciate that and um I appreciate you uh, thinking that I'm smart. That, that's, the, <laughs> that's the goal is for people to think I'm smart, whether I am or not. Well, I, I actually do. And uh, and other than that, though, you're you know, you're a legendary football player and and now a, a college football analyst. And it's national championship time, as I said. Uh, let's take a look at the whole college football playoff, though. First, do you believe we saw 
the four best teams in the playoff? I do. Um, I, I think that Florida would have had an argument if they didn't lose the LSU game. I think Florida's very talented this season. I think Kyle Trask uh, played as good at quarterback as anybody that we've seen, but they sort of played themselves out of it with that loss. Texas A&M, another very good football team. Uh, unfortunately, you're going to have an issue if you don't make it to a conference championship game in a season where we have uh, three or four other really good football teams. So I think at the end of the day, I, I think the committee once again pulled it off and got the four best teams. We might all, we might not all be in agreement uh, in where they're ranked or, or those kind of things, but I do believe we had the four best teams out there. And, and so, and, and I actually do too. I, I, I have to say, I was I was disappointed at the point spread at the end of them. Um, you know, those those results of the semifinal games don't always sort of exemplify what we what we want to see. We want them all tight, right? Um, does it mean anything that those games weren't tight? I don't think it means anything in a season where Alabama was really good. It, it's just like LSU last season, it, offensively. I don't know that we've seen offenses this good. Think about Alabama had three, was it three out of the top five in, in the uh, in the Heisman? Yeah, absolutely. On, yeah. on one offense. So, so you can't blame <laughs> Notre Dame for not being able to compare to that because I don't know who would have. And then Ohio State pulled off something. Nobody thought they could. Everyone thought that we would get to the end and it would be Clemson and Alabama and, and Ohio State end up blowing out Clemson. So I just go to show you that if a good team shows up with their A game at the right time, then they can beat anybody. And that's what happened to Clemson with Ohio State's game. Well, and and you know, I I be honest, I had a lot to say about Ohio State and whether or not they deserve to be there with only playing six games. And I'm not going to try to be offensive to you because I know that's where you spent a lot of time uh, in your college football career. But I got to tell you, man, I I felt differently after seeing that game. And I watched every bit of that game, um, even when it got when they got far away. I'm like, I'm going to continue to watch this game because I was looking for the elements of a team that deserved to be there. And I got to tell you, I, I, I thought they proved to those people out there that doubted them that they deserve to be in the top four. Is that is that where you are? There was so much made up of what Babo Sweeney said about Ohio State when he, well, he said they were 11. number 11, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and quite honestly, a lot of coaches felt that way. It just so happened that Dabo Swinney was coaching the team that had to play against Ohio State. But Nick Saban said that, Mullins said that, uh, Jimbo Fisher said that, along with a lot of other coaches that understand it is tough to win football games. And it doesn't matter a lot of times who you're playing and what they're ranked. The fact that you have to get your team ready to go out, play football, and keep your team healthy, and then you add another level in this season where you're dealing with the COVID issues, with the testing, and, and the things that these teams have to do. I fully understand that feeling of not just Dabo Swinney, but a lot of coaches, uh, you, and, and then you said you felt that way. A lot of people across this country felt that way, and that is very understandable, because not only uh, did you just play six games, you know, you look at that and here they come in and they're fresh 
you know, they, they haven't been through the ringer like a lot of teams have. So that's understandable. Right, uh, right. But they handled their business. They did what they could do, is which was go out there and win the football game. And that erased a lot of that talk of them not belonging in the playoffs. So I think that's the way you answer those questions. You go out and you prove that you belong. And it ends all of that talk. Well, I tell you, you know, and we've had uh, Dabo on the show and and Nick Saban on the show, and and I got to tell you that um, Dabo handled it in the end a little better than I thought he would. Uh, he didn't take back his comment, but you know, he basically said they got us, and uh, hats off to them, and you got to give them credit for it. Um, but as you know, you talked about Alabama, and man, what a what a team! I mean, we saw this Heisman Trophy thing. Uh, and they had three players that were being talked about throughout uh, the season. Uh, obviously, Devontae Smith walked away with it. Very deserving. Had a great year. Uh, but we all watched Najee Harris uh, tear this up all year, man. Uh, didn't even get an invitation to the ceremony. Do you, do you think he was snubbed or just a victim of Alabama's talent? Um, I think you could look at that uh, in different ways. You know, I, I saw that uh, Trevor Lawrence finished number two, which sort of surprised me. Um, and, and I think a lot of that uh, came with, uh, at the beginning of the season, a lot of things that happened throughout the season are predicated upon what people think coming into a season. And so we watched this season and Najee Harris and the season he had leading the country in rushing touchdowns. Uh, absolutely, you could make an argument that he deserved to be there. Uh it, it just when you watch Alabama play, uh, he probably doesn't get the credit he deserves, uh, whether it's running the football or whether it's coming out of backfield, catching passes. He's a very talented running back and will have a, a terrific career moving forward. But you're right. When you have a quarterback in your team that played like Mac Jones, when you have a receiver uh, that, that played like Devontae Smith. And then maybe your best receiver has been hurt, and he and he even got a lot of attention. I think it's, it was an uphill climb for Najee Harris in this situation even though he was very well deserving as well as the other guys wow if you're just tuning in y'all we're talking to joey galloway superstar athlete football player college and nfl and now uh, uh, one of the largest biggest voices on espn right now um those of us who watch college football look forward to uh his picks every every single week and <laughs> and i'm getting some uh, some texts from people who want to they they also they're still thinking about georgia and every Everything that happened in Georgia, but on this show this week, we are talking about what's happening tomorrow, and that is a national championship for college football. And uh, so, so Joey, let's get to the game. What are you going to be watching between Alabama and Ohio State? I think it starts for Ohio State is their ability to run the football. I don't know that anybody expects a, a defense to uh, shut down Alabama's offense. So there's a couple ways you got to stay in the game with Alabama. Number one, it's going to start for Ohio State with the ability to run the football uh, the way they have the past two games, uh, the Big Ten Championship, and then the semifinal against Clemson. Uh, Trey Sermon has been as good as, as good as any running back in the country. And so that has to continue uh, for their offense to be successful. Alabama likes to play uh, a three-down defensive line at times, a four-down defensive line at times. And the way you can take advantage of them is – force them to bring a couple more guys in the box, bring a safety down to support the run, and then you can have uh, your your pick of whatever passes you want to make downfield. But it, that's where it starts for Ohio State. 
and then you can't let let Alabama's offense take over the game so that it makes you get out of your game plan on the offensive side because if you watch them you know, it's, you watch the Notre Dame game, they come out and they are on fire. I mean, they're just going down the field, they're scoring touchdowns, and it's happening quick. And a lot of times that gives a game a feeling of, oh my gosh, we better hurry up and score. We got to stay with these guys. We got to have our game plan. And then we play right into their hands. So it, it's going to be run game first, Justin Fields playing the same way he did in the semi, and they're going to have to score a lot of points to stay with Alabama. Wow. Okay, but I got a tougher question for you, Joey. Is, is there a storyline that might not get much coverage that might actually have a great deal to do with the outcome? Interesting. What I've not heard a lot about is the health of uh, Justin Fields after the hit he took in the Clemson game. Uh, anybody that's uh, done anything athletic and suffered an injury during a game knows that it's the next few days after the game is when you really find out how bad it hurts and how bad you're injured because you have adrenaline, you have other things going on during a game that you can push through some things. But once that wears off, you get off, you get out, and now you have to get ready. Now, it helps that he had 11 days to get ready for this, but his health uh, and his ability to move around, uh, run the football is key for Ohio State in this game. And, and I haven't heard a lot of talk about that. And then obviously the other stuff is the COVID stuff that everyone's had to deal with. Uh, there's been reports that there are some COVID issues at Ohio State. Uh, we don't know names. We don't know numbers. Uh, but that has been an issue and will continue being an issue until this season is over. Well, listen, one more game, man. We we can get through this one. We This will be yes, a, this will, we, we will have gone through something in 2020. That is for sure. I wanted to ask you something uh, that I don't all I, I was just thinking about. I wanted to kind of get a feel for where you're coming from on these head coaches in this time of year where a bunch of them get moved around. We, we see Tom Herman was just replaced at Texas uh, only after a few seasons. Uh, Willie Taggart, you may remember Florida State, he didn't get you know, through a second season. On the contrary, you had people like you had the coach at Vanderbilt who they let go in the middle of the season here, uh, but it's you know been probably been a long time coming there. But it, but but in contrast, do these coaches get enough time to come in to turn a program around? In your opinion, I think it is awful um, where football is trending, <clears throat> and this has been something that that has bothered me for a while. Uh, you talk about Tom Herman. Um, you know, uh, Charlie Strong before him got three seasons and was probably on the hot seat probably one season in. Like Tom Herman's, Tom Herman's been on the hot seat for two seasons now. And so these programs that are trying to rebuild, I don't know what they expect these coaches to do. Like these are programs that are coming from situations that weren't good. You know, you look at guys like uh, Ryan Day, who steps in at Ohio State after uh, Urban Meyer, and and the cupboard is loaded. He has a very good football team, and he has to just build on a very strong foundation that is used to winning. You go to a Florida State right now, uh, you go to a Texas right now, some of these other schools, you're walking in there having to rebuild a program, and we all know recruiting in college is the key. And so you don't get your class in there, your players in there, till three or four years in. 
And so these guys are already on the way out the door by the time that happens. It, it, it is crazy to me. It's unfortunate. I think that uh, these coaches are recruiting kids and kids are coming to these schools with the belief that they're going to be playing for certain guys. And these guys aren't getting the time to rebuild the program. And, and I hate where this is headed, but I don't see it changing. It, it's just unfortunate where it is. Yeah, I think it is. And, and, and obviously, you know, you know this. I live in Tallahassee, so the Florida State thing hit pretty hard. Um, and uh, and I'm hoping the guy that's there now will will have time to, to sort of build the program, but um, but it, but it is changing. And, and for somebody who has been around it as long as you have, I I, I appreciate you being uh, candid about that. And uh, you and I share the same sentiments there. So so thank you for that. That means I'm smart, Jamie. <laughs> I'm smart about my football, man. I'm telling you. Uh, I, I don't want to I don't want to leave here without asking you two things. One, I want to talk a little bit about your career. But before I do that, I want to ask you this. As somebody who ranks every week, you're sort of trying to get to the top, top four, top six. Um, Mm -hmm. Is there a team to look out for that you kind of saw the elements of greatness coming about that will challenge the Alabamas, challenge the Clemsons, the Ohio States? Um, I mean, and in that, can you tell me, is Texas A&M real right now? I think Texas A&M is, is definitely real. And, and the difference between this year's Texas A&M and past seasons was the ability to run the football with Isaiah Spiller. Texas A&M has always been a talented football team. Uh, they were they were a good passing offense. But what they, they would get against a team like an Alabama, LSU, uh, a Georgia, and they just weren't physical enough to run the ball when they had to run the ball. That changed this season. Isaiah Spiller was very good. Their offensive line was way more physical, and it changed the the entire complex of that team. Now, this year, well, I guess next year is going to be interesting because everyone's given an extra year of eligibility. So it's going to be interesting to see how many guys come back like that that may have been seniors, that may have been on their way out the door. Uh, So this next football season could look very different with seeing who decides to stay. I just saw that JT Daniels is coming back to Georgia. And so Georgia, uh, with JT Daniels at quarterback, was different. They had the ability to throw the ball. They are a much better football team. Uh, for a large part of the season, they were very good on the defensive side. So that's a team to keep your eye on to see what Georgia does. Uh, you already mentioned Texas A&M. Uh, and, and I think that we always have the conversations, uh, especially in the SEC, is, is when is Tennessee going to turn the corner? They, they have recruited well. Uh, they just haven't uh, put it together yet. But that's another team that each year you, you come into a season and say, hey, they're talented. Let's see if they can put it together. So those are teams that keep your eye on. Man, I tell you, I get exhausted with Tennessee because, you know, I'm I'm like a an extreme Gator hater, right? And every year I'm rooting for Tennessee. <laughs> like, you got to get them for me. You got to get them. And they fall short, man. It's so, so I don't know. I'm a little bit numb on that one. But uh, but but I, <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. It's understandable. It is. Hey, listen. So you you went from college, a uh, standout college players to one of the best receivers in the NFL uh, throughout your career. And now you're you're an expert on television, so you you've been in, involved in around football for a long time, man. And uh, did you see your career evolving like this after you retired from football? What I wanted to do while I was playing football was to be prepared to uh, have options when I retired. And so, you know, I got my degree before I left Ohio State, 
uh, went on to play NFL football. And, and one thing I wanted to make sure of was no matter who I got in the room with, no matter who I was talking to, whether it was the CEO of Coca-Cola or, you know, or, or the CEO of Ford or going to broadcast, whatever that was, I wanted to be prepared and be able to look anybody eye to eye and be able to speak to them. And you, you called me smart, uh, which means I've done uh, one good thing is, is I do uh, speak in a way that makes me sound educated. <laughs> so, so, I, 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 so I would use my interviews. I would use times that I was in front of a camera or on a microphone or speaking to people. I would practice uh, using uh, proper English, good grammar, you know, because those things matter moving forward. After you're done with your playing career and you got to get in these meeting rooms and, or you might have to do interviews or you might have to go on television, your ability to live, to deliver a clear message uh, to someone that is looking you in the eye and you're speaking to them and you may need their help to get where you're trying to go or get a job or, or, or help you get hired somewhere, that ability to communicate is their first impression of you. And I wanted to make sure, because I had so many reps at it and, and just the opportunities that you get in front of cameras while you're at school, while you're in NFL, uh, that I could deliver a clear message. And that was my goal then. And uh, I've been blessed since it has worked out well for me and given me opportunities to, you know, if TV wouldn't have worked out, I'd have had other opportunities to go do other things. Well, listen, man, I'm glad TV worked out because you're, you know, you're one of the ones we like to watch. Then look, man, you know, you you dress good, too. You know, I, I, I like <laughs> I don't y'all don't give best dress stuff going on. But, you know, you and, you and Maria Taylor, man, y'all would, uh, you know, even though she, she don't change up very much but um but hey man we, we're all really proud of you and look we got a big game tomorrow and i i don't know if you're going to be able to be unbiased but you don't have to be on this show so my last question uh who do you think wins tomorrow night um i actually pride myself in the ability to be unbiased in my job and yeah that 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 a lot of times rubs uh Ohio State fans the wrong way and sometimes rubs the Big Ten fans the wrong way. One thing I've learned, no matter what your opinion is, uh, both sides aren't going to like it. <laughs> what I do know... That's right. That's right. What, what, yeah, what, what, what I do know is Ohio State played their best game uh, in the semifinal against Clemson. Better than they had looked all season long. Surprised everyone. So now, seeing how good they can be I feel a lot more confident in the their ability to actually go win this football game. Now, I'm not saying that they will, but I will say this. If they play the way they played against Clemson, then we will have a fun game. I think the over-under last time I saw it was 76. Um, I would take the over. If Ohio State showed up the way they did, we're going to have a, a lot of fun, score a lot of points in this game. And, of course, at the end of the day, I'm picking the Buckeyes to win. There you go. There you go. Well, listen, man. What I'd like to see is is them show up and play the way they played yep. at Clemson, and that's going to take Fields to be you know close to a hundred percent. Although I'm so was so impressed to see him go out there hurt and play the way he did. So so uh, man, thank you for coming on the show and and sharing this time with us. And uh, you know, listen, uh, I don't know how many Buckeye fans uh, we had listened to this program before the show, but. 
we probably have uh, a whole lot of them after this show. So, man, I appreciate you. Thank you. Proud of you. And look forward to sharing the game with you tomorrow. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Okay, listeners, stay with us. Uh, we'll be right back with the Pittman Point right after this. It's time for Pittman's Point. Welcome back to the Sean Pittman Show. And y'all, a dark day in democracy, a dark day for our nation, uh, and a solemn reminder of how fragile our government can be. Uh, this past week, at least five people lost their lives when when terrorists, y'all, and I, I call them terrorists. I can't speak for everybody who was out there, but for the people who stormed the Capitol uh, and overtook the heartbeat of America, I got to call them terrorists. But these people were not some foreign national group looking to cause harm uh, to the shiny city on the hill. These terrorists are Americans. They live in our neighborhoods. They eat in our restaurants. And they are fueled, y'all. They are fueled by hatred. The whole world watched in, in horror as men and women infiltrated the United States government. These individuals, spurred by Donald Trump, sought to interrupt one of our nation's most founding principles. The peaceful transfer of power. Ultimately, they were unsuccessful in, in derailing Joe Biden's confirmation as president. But y'all, we will never lose those visions in our mind. And it leaves us questioning how vulnerable is our capital? How vulnerable are the people that we elect to go up and serve us if this could happen? What these people did accomplish was shedding even more light on the unequal and inequitable treatment of Americans under the law. They also shed light on the fact that, indeed, this country has two legal systems because I think most of us would agree had this group of overwhelmingly white individuals been overwhelmingly black or overwhelmingly Muslim, you can bet that they would have been not treated with so much tolerance. In fact, during the Black Lives Matter march in Washington, D.C. earlier this year, protesters were met with aggression, force and violence. America, we can do better. America, we have to do better. So the Pittman point today is it doesn't end with Trump, y'all. This hatred and hostility will outlive his presidency and perhaps his influence. We must work every day to be more loving, more just and a more fair society. And that's Democrats and Republicans and independents alike. We must teach our children to be better than us. This is so much bigger than one man. It will take all of us to fix it. What happened this week was not the end of Trump's administration, y'all. Not just the end of Trump's administration, but it's the beginning of the next part of history. We have seen what we can accomplish when we do it together. And I'm talking to all of us, Republicans, the ones who uh, see this as I see it. Thank you, Democrats. You have learned what you can do when you believe in yourself. Georgia just sent two progressives to the United States Senate who will help fight to make this a better nation for all. Independence, you know that this can be done. Now it's all up to us. This has been the Sean Pittman Show. We'll see you in seven.